we need our land back just to inform them and we will never stop saying that and we will continue to struggle even if we die our son and our daughter will continue to struggle to get our land back and we will get our land back we will get our land back Hello and welcome back to For Land and Life, the Oakland Institute podcast. My name is Andy Courier, and today I'm your host. On March 31st, 2022, a U.S.-based holding company called African Agriculture Inc., or AAGR, filed an initial public offering to fund a large-scale agribusiness project in St. Louis, northern Senegal. AAGR bought the Senheel farm, now renamed La Ferme de la Taranga, located in Senegal, from its Italian owners for $7.9 million back in 2018. AAGR maintains that through this purchase, it acquired the land use rights to the 20,000 hectares granted to Senheel by the President of Senegal in 2012. However, communities who depend on this land for their livelihoods prior to 2012 claim the land was leased to the company against their will. Being deprived of their land, community livelihoods have suffered, and their attempts to reclaim the land have been continually ignored. In their initial IPO filing, AAGR completely omitted the decades-long struggle being waged by communities to reclaim their land. Months later, when an amended filing finally recognized that there were claims their operations had and would have a detrimental impact to local communities, they remained wildly understated, and AAGR took efforts to disprove them. On May 30th, 2022, the Collectif pour la Défense du Dial, representing 37 villages and over 10,000 people, sent a letter to AAGR chairman and CEO Alan Kessler, demanding the immediate return of their land, as well as adequate remediation and compensation for the harm and economic loss inflicted upon communities by 10 years of occupation by the project. In his response to the letter, Kessler ignored the community's demands and instead highlighted a number of actions by his company in their favor, including contributions for the celebration of Ramadan and distribution of fodder to a few herders. I'm joined now by El Haji Sambasao, also known as Ardo, who is speaking on behalf of the Collective. Well, welcome, Ardo, and, and thank you again for joining me today. To begin, can you tell us about the Collective pour la Défense du Dial? This collective is uh, was founded in 2012. We, we, we started to struggle against uh, land grabbing, against land grabbing in our area, uh, in the municipality of Neat and Jama and uh, Ronk, three municipalities were concerned by this project, an agro-industrial project uh, led by Italian company to grow biofuel and sunflower sunflowers to transform them biofuel and export to Italy. And before we get into the, the land grabbing by Senhil, what was the importance of this land um, to support traditional livelihood activities? So this land, first, first of all, it was, um, it, it, it's, uh, we have more than 37 villages uh, traditional breeders who are living in this area. More than 9,000 people and more than 100,000 cattle, cows, uh, sheep and goats in this land. And as you know, it's in the north of Senegal where we first developed uh, cultivating rice 
in the delta of uh, the Senegalese River. It was exper experimented there. And most of the land is taken now by this, uh, by this cultivation, by, by the rice. And now this reserve was just uh, a place, it's, it's like an island for the traditional breeders to be able to herd their, their, their cattle and their goats in this place. So all the 37, 37 villages used to live in this place. And it was a reserve classified and protected by an international agreement in Senegal. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's really very important for our community. Uh, and it's our main source of living. We use this place for the pasture. We use this place for also our traditional things. We have our cemeteries there. We also use them to collect the medicinal plant. So it's a traditional land. We were not able and we was not authorized to do agriculture in this place because it was a forest and protected. We just could uh, pasture. Uh, our cattle can take the pasture and, and, and graze. It's a grassland, so they can take the grass there and 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 we, we, we used to stay in this area. So once in the day in 2012, this land was removed uh, as a forest and given to an international company. And so once the international company you mentioned, Senhil, arrived, what was the impact of this project on community livelihoods, specifically around um, water access? So in, in 2012, uh, uh, before, four days before the uh, presidential election, uh, our former president, Abdullah Wat, signed a decree to declassify this land as a forest and give 20,000 hectares of land to this international company, this, this company, an Italian company. And the, what they wanted is to remove or to take away all those trees, the traditional trees, the medicinal plant, all the pasture that we used to to use for our cattle, for our goat and sheep, all those places where we used to as um, for the cattle to drink water, they all have to remove all this and cut the trees and plant sunflowers. And those sunflowers were supposed to be exported in Italy. The seeds of the sunflowers were supposed to be exported in Italy to, for, for biofuels. Because as you know, um, in Europe, uh, they say that maybe in the next 10 years or 15 years, all the car and everything with engine will go in a clean energy. Mm. And at the same time, our government in Senegal is investing a lot of money to import food from Asia, to import food from Europe, to import food from USA or from uh, Brazil to feed the Senegalese people. And we have land, we have water, we have the, the human resources, the workforce to, 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 to do agriculture. 
to grow everything, eat all the crop that we want. But we didn't understand how can our government take 20,000 hectares of land and give it to an international company to grow sunflower for biofuel. And what happened also, those who were living in this place and they were not authorized, it's my grandparents, my parents, was not authorized to, to, to grow uh, seeds, to grow millet, to grow rice. This land was taken to, from them and given to an, uh, a foreigner. We can't imagine that. Uh, I understand the frustration. Um, especially, as you said, you know, not allowing communities to fully use this land and then allowing a foreign company to come in and not only use it, but use it for primarily exporting crops while so much food is still being imported to Senegal. So obviously communities were upset by this and, and they've been opposing the project. But how has the company responded to this opposition? So when we start to struggle uh, with our mobilization, our protesting, and press conferences in here in Senegal, in national level and international level, the the governor didn't say nothing. They just say because when after the election, the former president Avlaywat left, the actual president Maxal came and he stopped this project. But in August 2012, he signed another decree to give the land. But we didn't understand what happened in between between March and August. Mm. But we start the struggle. We meet the president and tell him about this um, this land grabbing case. And uh, what they said as a government is, we will find a solution. But they never found a solution. Mm. And the company. They promised to hire more than 2,500 2, workforces, employment. And so they promised roads, they promised hospital, they promised hospital and schools to the community. And they never, never, ever built nothing in this, in this, in this place. So for us, it was just lies. It was just lies. So what they say, the company say, it's our land. It's signed by a presidential. We, we got it from a presidential decree. Mm-hmm. So it's our land. We are not going to leave it. But they, we, we, we continue to struggle, to struggle in the field, to face those who was working when they start to, to manage the land. We face them in the, in the field and they couldn't proceed in in in, 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 in in growing something and they stopped and they left the Italian left in you know, 2017 they left 2017 or 2018 they left because they couldn't grow something they and they lost a lot of money and the first uh, uh, CEO was arrested because he do very bad things inside the company we hear it from the news and uh, so we just found with the help of and the support of international organization like Oakland Institute or Grain 
they investigate and we found that it's it, it, it was just like it was just like um yeah bad management yeah and you mentioned the the work done by the Oakland Institute and grain um, over the past 10 years and for listeners we'll have links to this work um, that really chronicles the continued struggle by communities as well as um, some of the practices of the company so in in 2018, an American company called African Agriculture purchased this concession um, from the Italian owners, and they're planning on establishing commercial farming for uh, initially producing alfalfa for cattle feed in Senegal and for export. Now, they currently filed an initial public offering, uh, and they seek to raise $40 million to run their operations. Now, I think it's interesting, before this sale, communities were not giving an opportunity to reclaim their land. And in the initial public offering, the company makes no mention of, you know, this decades long struggle by communities to reclaim their land. So what was your and the community's reaction to this latest development? So we, we just, we recently have the information, the, the right information. We have all the information for, uh, for African agriculture they, they, they want to introduce the Ferme de la Terraga because they changed the name. It was Samuel Senetano before with the Italian. Mm. And once they they sold the company, they changed the name. And it's now the, the, the Ferme of Terraga. Terraga means hospitality in Wolof, in, 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 in Senegal, in the mm. local language, which is not true. It's not hospitality. It's inhospitality because they, they, they try to they are taking our land and that's what we will never agree we will continue to struggle uh, against that so um when we had the information uh it was really sad because we know the one who is behind this transaction his name is frank timis he was in trouble here in senegal with the brother of the president uh, of Senegal, he was um, involved in uh, tax evasion uh, in in oil and gas trouble, and now the problem is he's trying to buy our land, twenty thousand hectares, and more than twenty thousand hectares because in a municipality near of us he had there five thousand hectares. And what they want is to grow maralfalfa or cow cow feed to export it or to sell it in Senegal. So they are growing what we was doing there. They are growing things in our place and they are selling it to us. How can this be possible? We can't imagine you give a land to someone who will do the same that we were doing. We was not authorized to remove the trees. We was not authorized to have canals and bring water there in the place. So you 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 sell the land to an international company, to um, some very uh, bad person who trying to use this land to raise a lot of money in the United States and try to grow this grace and try to sell it in the, uh, the Gulf countries. 
while our cattle, our ships, our goats are dying here because there is no rain, because we no more have place, uh, we no more have land for the pasture. We can't imagine that. And that, that really strikes me. It's been, you know, a diff- it's a new company. It's been years since Senhill left. And again, we're seeing the same pattern. A foreign company coming in, um, producing what will, sounds like primarily be export crops, uh, while local communities are pushed out and not able to use their land to the full potential um, it could provide them for development, for livelihood activities. And that must be incredibly frustrating. Now... In the letter that communities sent to African agriculture, what were some of the demands included and how did the company respond? So we, we just sent them the letter to inform them that we, we, we know that they sold this, uh, this company, uh, St. Wilson and Arnold, which is uh, from de la Teranga. So to inform them that we need our land back just to inform them and we will never stop saying that and we will continue to struggle even if we die our son and our daughter will continue to struggle to get our land back and we will get our land back we will get our land back so we informed them and they didn't respond at the first time and i sent another email to alan castle he sent me back an email he said to to to, to mention that he received the email and uh, he said that we help people in the place so we give them some some something so we help we support them during the ramadan so what does that mean you take twenty thousand hectares and at the end of the ramadan you give just something some food here some food there and you say that you are helping people just leave our land and we will manage this land to produce what we want to feed ourselves, to feed our cattle and to feed our community, to feed our country. We can do it, but we was not authorized to do it before they come here. They come there. So that's what they said. Mm. And now we know their position. They want to grow this in this place to sell it to the breeders, some breeders here. And it's very, very expensive. It's not it's, it's not cheap, we can't afford it. And they want to export. So why are they growing things to export it in Saudi Arabia or in Dubai or in Qatar for the for the horses, for the for the cattle? At the same time our cattle, our goods, our ships are dying here. We can't imagine that. It's not possible and we will never accept it. And so what what different types of investment? Because you've clearly laid out that, you know, allowing a foreign company to take your land and for export crops, um, you know, despite claims companies will make about the benefits um, it'll have for communities, you know, you've shown that's clearly not the case. So what kinds of investments would actually be helpful um, in your region? What can, you know that we have some agribusiness in our area. All those who know this area know that we have West African farm, which is owned by uh, UK's investors. When they came in this area, they had two to 400 hectares, 400 only, 
not 4,000, 400 hectares. And the villagers decided, the landowners decided to give them 200 hectares and the villagers take the 200 hectares. And they build, they dig a canal between the, the two hundreds. And now in the left side, the company, the West African farm, grow the crop and export in the UK. And in the right of the canal, the villagers, the landowners, are able to grow the crop because they have water from this, from this, from this, uh, from, from, from the canals. They can use the water to grow crops also. And this village have changed. Um, the next five years, they have changed faces. They have new buildings. Uh, people buy cars, and the youth are working. They don't. They stop going to immigration. Why they don't take something that they can make and bring the water? So maybe a uh, hundred hectares or two hundred hectares to start with this. And when they start with this, we will see if they be they are able, if they are able to make this land or to take more than two hundred hectares, and give the other part to us and to those people who are living in the area because maybe they don't want to grow uh, grass for the for the cattle because the cattle can move in the other in another area but they can grow potatoes, they can grow onions, they can grow rice. So if they have water, they will grow what they want. But the government even didn't make investment in this land. They come also and take this land and do the investment. It's not their land, it's our land. To kind of conclude, you're involved with Enda Pronat, which is a leading NGO in Senegal. Are there some examples of successful projects or actions uh, your group has taken that you'd like to share with us? Any recent updates? So, um, as a member of Endak or not, well, we just say that uh, we are not against investment in Africa. But we want when investors come to set up a discussion between the communities, the landowners, and the investors. When they agree between them, it will be easier for them to grow things. That's what we think, because we are supporting the small family holders, the small family holders, the small farmers. We are supporting the small farmers, because as you know, more than 78% of the people in the world are fitted by the small farmers. So if we just support the agribusiness, the large agribusiness is not good. So what we say is, as organization, is we don't say no to investment, international investment or foreign investment. But when they come, they have to set up a clear discussion between the landowners or we can say the legitimate landowners, because there is a difference between legal, legal landowners or legitimate landowners. You can own a land legally, because you can have a title in my land or the land of my ancestor. 
and I will never let you grow something in this land because it's my land. I have my culture, I have my life, I have my past and my history in this land. I will never let you grow something in this land until we discuss and set up a discussion, a serious discussion. So what we are asking is to stop all this, all those projects or foreign investment which are taking land, large scale of land, they failed here in Africa. They failed in Senegal. We have an example in the north of Senegal, which a Moroccan company who took more than 10,000 hectares. They didn't set up bright discussion, a serious discussion with the community. They failed. We have many, many, many examples. Senegal is one of them. The film of Teranga is one of them. So while they don't set a serious discussion with the community to find a solution. And the solution is not just, I will take your land and give you maybe during the holidays or give you a ticket to go to Mecca or I don't know, build a wall or build one room of classroom, one classroom or I don't know what. It's not this. This land can be our share in a company. It can be our share in a company. You have the money, we have the land. There is the company there. Powerful closing words, Ardo. And I, I really liked what you ended with there, going into some of these alternatives. Sometimes um, when communities push back against projects like this, they're called um, anti-development. Uh, our work has certainly been criticized that way in the past. What you've made so clear today is that it's who is this development for? The companies call it development, but at the end of the day, they're the ones benefiting while communities lose access to vital land for their livelihoods and really, really suffer. For true development, we really need to implement solutions proposed by communities that you've already mentioned today. So for over 10 years, the Oakland Institute and Grain have been working um, to help support this community struggle in northern Senegal. So for those interested, I highly recommend um, going to our website, and there will be links um, in the episode description where you can really read about the history of this struggle, its developments over the year um, in depth based on what you heard a little bit about today. You know, this is also still developing, um, so be sure to subscribe to our newsletter um, and follow us on social media um, where we'll post any updates and, and further work that's done on this. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Esclavos, ils venaient.